Hey legends, uh, welcome to yet another installment of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, before I get stuck into today's amazing guest, I am very, very appreciative to everyone who has listened, commented, sent emails, sent any sort of feedback, uh, whether positive or negative, uh, as long as it is constructive, I am stoked. Um, I guess my goal is to keep refining this and how I do it and, um, and making sure that we keep sending out really good content um, for you guys to challenge ideas and beliefs and, and yeah, keep, uh, keep making the world a better place one audio snippet at a time. So if you do have feedback, please send it in. Um, if you hate it, I don't care. Just let me know. Um, I'll cry for a little bit and then we'll be okay. But apart from that, enjoy. Uh, today, I sat down with Benny Hogan, who has a, had a very eventful uh, life thus far, and he's, I'm sure he's got a couple of, a lot of amazing years left. Um, he is, has been heavily into the aviation industry for the last 20 or so years. Um, he's one of the owners and directors at Common Folk Coffee, uh, which is how I was lucky enough to get to meet him. Uh, and he's someone who I've been able to connect with really well and get to know fairly well over the last couple of months. Um, it feels like I've known him for a long time. So this was a very exciting conversation for me and something I've been looking forward for for a long time. So let's get stuck in. Enjoy. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Benny Hogan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lockie Wallace. It's uh, good to finally have you on. It's been a long Thanks time. Thanks for asking me. Mate, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm sure we're going to have a, a fun ride over the next 60 minutes or so. Fantastic. First question for you. Go for it. And I want a philosophical answer, not the answer you gave me this morning. Okay. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, not the alarm clock. <laughs> good. Um, impact. As, impact. Uh, as corny as that sounds. Mate, um, nothing corny about that. I, um, I guess... Uh, over the years as you get a little bit older and your levels of responsibility change uh, so do your priorities and you know as you get a little bit older a little bit wiser and you you know you're exposed to things like um, you know the death of Brownie's dad and yeah. things like that you um, your priorities tend to change um, around um, what you get out of your day so what are the things that you're striving for that you hope to achieve throughout the day, the week, the months, the year, and um, and for me, it's just having an impact, you know, and probably enjoying the journey along the way as opposed to yep. being task driven. I used, you know, being an engineer, you become very task driven. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to expectedly enjoy the, so. I'm trying to enjoy the journey more, um, which is a bit of a recalibration. Right now, what what are you? How are you making an impact? Um, the way I'm interacting with people. Um, one of the things that I was lucky to have done over my career, I was, um, I was afforded an opportunity to do a Berkman test. Now, Berkman test is just another term for um, personality testing. 
Yep. Um, they put you in certain quadrants um, depending on your personality type, things that motivate you, the type of people you work well with. A bunch of those up on yeah, the wall. <laughs> um, and one of the things that, um, that um, was very much highlighted when, during the test was my ability to relate with people. So um, I guess I'm lucky enough to be gifted with um, being able to read people well, yep. um, change my own personality and who I am as an individual to suit the situation. So, you know, sometimes you've got to rub someone's back. Other times you've got to yeah. give them a bit of a rocket and you've got to know the time and place to do either. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say right now um, that's probably where I've had the greatest impact over the last few years is actually building good quality teams that yep. don't necessarily rely on me to thrive. Um, you know, having the ability to, to get good people with their own gifts and join them with others to yeah. get the ultimate outcome is probably something that I, um, I would say I, I thrive at and enjoy, especially when the result ends up raising others. You know, and it doesn't. One thing I, I don't really like being in the spotlight, um, so I, you know, by raising others up and um, getting them to see their own net worth is a real. Gets, I get a real buzz on that. That's good. Someone as good looking as you should like me in the in the spotlight. That's for sure. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'll come back to some of that stuff you said, but yeah. let's go right back to the start. Yeah. Why? How'd you get into engineering? Why did you decide that that was a? How did I get into engineering? Yeah. Um. So school was an interesting one for me. Yeah. Um. I um started off in high school. Um, being well, I assume um, you started off in primary school, mate. Well, started off in primary school, but, but <laughs> then we rolled high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah that's right. That, that's on. done and dusted. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I started off high school, um, the way I left primary school, and that was, you know, I was house captain. And I, um, I guess I strived um, to succeed even as a young age. Yeah. Um, and applied myself. But school was an interesting one for me because I wasn't, I'm not necessarily mainstream. Um, and you probably find a lot of people are like that. And yeah. if you're lucky enough to attend a school, I, I wasn't, but from what I hear, you know, attending a school like a Woodley where the school actually adapts to the individual yeah. um, probably would have been good for me. But I went to the local high, which was um, which was okay. Where'd you grow up down here? Uh, Mount Eliza. Mount Eliza. Um, so I had a terrific childhood. Um, yeah. Had some great friends, still have a lot of them today. Um, really close knit group of friends, albeit once you get married and have kids, <laughs> things change. It tends bit. to you know change in terms of your bandwidth to be able to continue that. But um, yeah, but during high school, um, I started off really well, um, and like a lot of teenagers, um, uh, was exposed to the joys of going out and. Um, enjoying oneself so you know I've tried just about everything under the sun um, during my high school years yeah uh, probably toward the, the, the latter half um, did really well at the maths and sciences and all those type of things so naturally um, that was always going to be something that I would utilize um, yep. that skill set for but um, always wanted to be a fighter pilot cool um, so did the um, the classes that you required at the time to be able to do that, which wasn't a lot of the English arts yeah. focus, which isn't me. You know, I'm not that way inclined. Um, I'm pretty black and white, which is probably why I ended up becoming an engineer. But um, yeah. unfortunately, when I went to join the Air Force, I failed my eye exam. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so yeah. that was a really... That 
that was something I really wanted to do. So in everything life. was kind of tracking yeah, towards it, I was, ticking yeah, the boxes. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, while I was probably more academically minded earlier in high school, towards the end, you know, having partied quite a bit, I, I yep. probably didn't do as well as I should have. Um, that's and a, that showed. God, that's a familiar story for a lot of people yeah, that are succeeding now. It like, is. It is, but one thing I always knew was that if I, and like a lot of, I guess, you know, some people may not get that exposure, but I knew that if I'd found something I loved, yep. I would have done well at it. Yep. And, um, and I was lucky enough that there was a hiatus though in between there where I, um, because I didn't get in, I went up to the Sydney Olympics and um, uh, worked up there for a little bit, um, partied a lot, yep. um, and um, didn't really know what to do after that. Um, applied for two uh, roles, a cadetship with Qantas um, as an aerospace engineer. Cool. And also for the ambulance um, as an ambulance officer. Two fairly opposing. Totally, and that's me. <laughs> Ideas. You know, um, I guess there was always the, the drive of wanting to help people, which yep. was cool. Um, but I think in the end, the path that I followed was the right path because I think that uh, I would have. Knowing who I am, I probably would have got too emotionally involved with <laughs> with um, the ambulance side of things. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, from there, I uh, back to the point I made about um, finding where my sweet spot was. I did find that in aviation, and from there, it just went from strength to strength. Perfect. Which was fantastic. So, um, yeah. and I met Sarah around the same time. Awesome. And then the rest, as I say, is history. Yeah, Great podcast, mate. I'll see you later on. <laughs> talk, talk to me about, yeah. I guess, your industry and the, or what was your industry yeah. and the aviation industry because it's something that, apart from jumping on a plane to travel to various parts of the yeah. world, that's all, like all I understand yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people well, there's a, well, yeah, there's a lot to it. And, um, and I think the travelling public should feel very safe. You know, that's uh, one of the most heavily regulated industries in the world, yep. um, particularly in Australia. And the Australian regulator is renowned for being um, quite pedantic about a lot of things. Um, Probably not the worst problem to have. <laughs> no, and certainly when it comes to, to the safety of flight. Yep. Um, I was lucky enough to start off um, on the engineering side of things, so knowing intimately how an aircraft is designed, how it operates, um, and um, working on a number of... Um, different types of aircraft, so Airbus and Boeing and having a lot of those exposures. Um, I did a bit of post-grad work um, with the University of Newcastle to, I always felt that I wanted to get into the management side of things. I saw there was a real passion for me in this industry. I saw this industry going a certain way. Um, Obviously, the the cost of maintaining aircraft in Australia is very high. Um, And with Obviously, with globalisation around the world, there's probably no more transportable asset than an aircraft. And so that was one of the first things to leave. Fair assessment. Yeah. (laughs) And that's probably one of the the first things that left, um, uh, that probably left Australia in terms of what we were doing here um, around manufacturing and maintenance. And um, and so I was very much trying to champion for becoming more efficient. So that's probably where my bug for um, never accepting status quo um, so a lot of like a lot of my studies involve me looking at better ways of doing things, especially in a country where you know labour rates are very high. Yep. The average engineer gets paid before he even gets up out of bed. He's on one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Um, that's a lot of money to yep. have to make on tickets. 
<laughs> yeah. um, when the average ticket price over the past 20 years has fallen 25%. So um, we had to become more efficient around how we were doing things. So that, yep. um, I did a lot of work in that space. Um, and climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed and got to a point where um, I wanted to do my own thing and I left aviation for a bit to start my own consultant consulting awesome. business and what was that like? tried to build all the challenges stuff. between I guess going from a working for one of the yeah. guys to doing your well, own thing. Well, I probably did it the wrong way and I'll be the first to admit that I was probably a little bit arrogant at that point in my career where yep. I thought that I knew quite a bit and um, I whilst my ideas and um, hypothesis were sound. Yeah. Um, they also need to be tested with cash flow <laughs> and uh, anyone in business as you would uh, attest to Blocky Wallace um, <laughs> cash is king cash is king <laughs> and uh, I got to a stage where in the end um, what I have I had two kids at the time with Sarah yeah and um, one of the big deals we were trying to do with the Lufthansa group um, to build uh, a sustainable engineering facility here in Australia fell over um, which was a real shame. It was a bit of a. That was probably my real first failure um, at a time when um, there was a lot of responsibility on me to bring money through the door. So it was a bit humbling. Yeah. Um, Why did? It, can you look back now and kind of see what went wrong? Uh, probably what I said. I was a bit yep, arrogant. Just I wasn't. Um, while I was young and um, and motivated to get an outcome, I didn't yeah. really step that out yeah. properly. Um, and as with most things in life, you learn from that, it builds the foundation yeah. for the next challenge you have in life. And I guess uh, a lot of those things over the years, while you don't realise are doing good in you, um, uh, yeah, it obviously um, taught me the right way to approach things. Um, and yep. so, as you can imagine, uh, the next opportunity that I took, I was a little bit more structured in that approach. What was, so, what was next? Uh, took, well, an opportunity came up for, um, so, Cebu uh, Pacific is an airline overseas in the Philippines. Yep. Um, and they needed, they were uh, building a long-haul business, so there was a low-cost carrier that decided they wanted to fly longer distances. Um, the Filipino is the largest overseas working population in the world. There you go. So um, they wanted to create a vehicle to bring them home. A lot yep. of the Filipinos, sadly, leave and don't come home for five to seven years. Yeah, okay. So they just send money home. Yeah. So Cebu wanted to create an opportunity for cheaper for air travel. Home. Yep. Um, and uh, they started that by operating from Manila to, um, to the Middle East. Yeah. So I was there doing that. Sarah was back here. Yeah. Commute two weeks. So I was there for two weeks, back for two days. Yep. I did that for fifteen months. Far out. And Sarah's That's pregnant heavy. with our third. <laughs> yeah. So um, she's just been a solid rock. I mean, she in the end, towards the end, um, and we had opportunities to go over. I could have stayed there. Yeah. Um, we could have lived the high life, as many expats do. Yeah. But um, no, I ended up coming home, and. Um, uh, after Sarah said enough's enough you know I think good um, from her she'd been a, like that yeah she hadn't so yeah she had and she's yeah. been a massive supporter of everything that, yeah. um, that we've done along over the time actually I've probably missed a part of that actually we went to New Zealand first yeah um, for work so when I left Qantas um, was given an opportunity to go to Christchurch um, so I took Sarah and our six month old our first child which was pretty challenging for yeah her. I can imagine um, and that was great and actually 
that started my coffee boat. So uh-huh. I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big drinker of coffee then. Um, and um, I went to a little place called Littleton Coffee Company, mm-hmm. and they were roasting coffee. I'd never seen this. What's this coffee? <laughs> what is this? I don't yeah. Know what this is. And he said, "Why don't you come back tomorrow and I'll show you?" And I came back and I was just hooked. I remember awesome. saying to Sarah, when "I got home." I'm going to do this when I get home. That's awesome. Um, it was something that just stuck to me. Um, and uh, I remember saying, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, and as you can imagine, seriously, but I thought aviation was going to happen. Oh, if you love it, you're going to be good at it. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was um, that was a great uh, great time for Sarah and I. That was um, a very, you know, it was to be country town, Christchurch. Yeah. You know, when we were going through, you know, first trial, career change well not a career change but a country change yeah and um, yeah it was a great experience and we're lucky to get out of there just before the earthquake actually so we weren't yeah. affected by that yeah well that's lucky yeah absolutely well our house was um, it was significantly damaged um, so it took they had to move out probably took three or four months for All it right. to, oh to mate it was a it's crazy I went <clears throat> when was it when was the big big earthquake what year was it 2008 2008 because we went last year so last year 2009 2009 yeah, so last yeah. year so 8 years post and yeah. like the city's still container city like, it's just crazy yeah. yeah it's pretty scary it's, um, and it's crazy that it can happen in a, in a fairly well off nation like you, think, you, uh, yeah, hear, you hear all the all natural, disa- natural disasters that happen yeah. all over the world and you've got somewhere like New Zealand that still can't get yeah. one of their bigger cities well, pumping, so. I mean they, they no one had been able to deal with such um a seismic event like that in mm. a developed country other than the Americans yeah and um, when they came over to do the assessment because there was no one else that could do it they said 15, 20 years guys that's how Crazy. far you've got yeah, yeah it was a, and that's just a small 100,000 150,000 yeah. population city yeah it's pretty heavy yeah you imagine like something like that in Melbourne you know pretty scary yeah well uh, touch wood <laughs> touch yeah. wood we'll be okay so so yeah so I've done the Philippines done New Zealand um, done New Zealand um, came back to Australia um, and um, took some time off um, had earned some some good money um, in the Philippines enough for us to probably lay low for a little bit yep um, but in that time we I actually met Sam um, which was um, shout out I've actually got a shout out Bell so if oh, really? a shout out Sammy, Bell. there you go <laughs> so big shout out but I owe a lot I probably owe thanks to a man by the name of Duncan Brown who I was driving so I was sitting in um, uh, Delhi's car and I was talking to Delhi about my passion for coffee and something yep. I wanted to do when things started to settle in aviation and Duncan said oh I know a guy called Sammy <laughs> Keck uh, who's mad coffee wants to open his own roastery I said really well I've I'm kind of building a plan right now to, to do that but from home that's cool um, but hey look if we can find someone who's that crazy like me to want to do something yeah. like this um, but there was so much more to coffee that I didn't know you know like Sammy had lived and breathed it for years yeah um, and kind of opened this yeah he blew my mind when he uh, yeah. when I kind of asked him some questions yeah and he it's crazy talked talk for three days and well I thought I knew enough just based on the little bit of study that I'd done but yeah. um, uh, he'd lived and breathed it obviously to the extent that I hadn't yeah. and um, and just opened me opened this world to me um, and it's exciting and as you know as cliche as, as it sounds the rest is history you know from that day forward we we're on this path of finding the right venue and yep. everything just happened organically. It was very, um, very bizarre actually, 
you know, five years ago. Well, actually, it was probably 12, it would have been longer, it would have been nearly two years in the making by the time yeah. we had the first discussion to when it opened. So 2011, 2011 was when we started, and then, yeah, 2013 was when it all happened. Yep. So, so what, was the, what was the process like, I guess, being one of the owners and driving it, but at the same time you were working at the same time? Yeah, it was challenging. Yeah. Um, it's probably been... Um, uh, I mean, I, I, there are times where you you don't realise just how much you're doing until you take time to sit down and go, wow, I really am tired. Yeah. Or, you know, I realise that I haven't been giving Sarah time yep. um, or the time she deserves or the kids. And um, and I guess that's probably why we came to the decision of me leaving aviation in the end because I couldn't yep. do it all. You know, um, walking with Sammy has been a great... Um, uh, I've had a great sense of joy in doing that with him. Yeah. Um, but um, I also I also become too involved in some things. Yeah. Um, and by doing that, um, it's probably a real issue of control. So I tend to want to control outcomes. And yeah. Um, and well, someone that's had that. had that result. The, yeah. or those results for so long it's, yeah. it's no wonder you want to well, I guess in put your stamp on it yeah well aviation is one of those things where you don't want to leave it to chance you know you nah. uh, from being an engineer and being very structured to taking on the most recent role that I had which was um, the director of safety for the airline yep. you you know um, you have to be methodical in everything that you do you know down to investigating serious incidents mm. you know um, in the end these are all evidence to be used in any court case and yep. you've got to make sure that you cross your teeth and dot your eyes so yeah i i felt that that was um you know in terms of the effort structure and process that goes into making sure that everyone has a place in the world yeah um i felt that that was something i could use to our advantage and in in common definitely from a i guess in a an emotional and mm. personal point of view, mm. what was that role like and what was it like having that responsibility of head of safety? Because that's a... In 2016, yeah. I've never cried so much in my life. <laughs> yeah. I cannot tell you how challenging that was um, going up against the regulator. Um, you know, I was 30... When I first started, so I was 30, 35. Yeah. 36. You look like 26 now. So. <laughs> well, that don't, I, if Sammy's been in your ear, we're going to get to Benjamin Button soon. I can, t- I can May I have a look Sam in weeks? <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, that was a really challenging time. So my whole career has been, uh, you know, I've been educated a certain way yep. on um, the engineering side of, of, of aviation. And there are so many different facets, as you can imagine, the commercial side, finance side, you know, buying and selling aircraft, flying aircraft, um, you know, ground operations, cabin crew, you name it. And so I've been kind of educated on one side and then on, you know, the next role was a significant step up and, by the way, you're responsible for this part of the airline, which was this big. And so um, when you're learning uh, a new craft and having to be responsible at the same time, it can be really challenging. So. Um, there were some humbling moments for sure. Um, you know, having to sit in front of the board um, and present on the airline um, and its position for the last three months was um, both rewarding and daunting. Mm. You know, John Borghetti, um, Elizabeth Bryan, um, you know, all these are chairman, you know, um, uh, Elizabeth Bryan's chairman of AIG and all, um, all the big dogs. Yeah, all the big dogs. Samantha Moyne who's the chairman of BHP. You know, they're all on the board yeah, and they're crazy. all firing questions at you. And <laughs> you kind of look out the window 
And here I am looking at the Sydney Harbour Bridge on a day like today, looking yeah. at the um, in Macquarie Place, just thinking, how have I even got here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that that was weird quite surreal. grounding moments yeah, when you're in those positions. But also come one of the biggest vices I have in my in, in life is my expectation of myself. Yeah. And so. I had to perfect everything, you know, in terms of how I presented myself, the information I shared, to the point where if there was the slightest slip, you know, I could be um, in a pretty dark place, which is, I know, could, is hard to believe in terms of what I've been talking about. But mm. um, I guess when you want to strive and become the best of what you can be, yeah. um, there's a, a side effect to that, and that is that when it doesn't happen, yeah. um, you're pretty critical of yourself. What were the, I guess, coping mechanisms or what did you, what process did you go through when you had those times where things didn't go right? Um, well, if I'm really honest here, um, my faith has been a huge yeah. part of awesome. my, um, uh, my walk, especially throughout some of the more difficult times of my career. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, praying a lot. Um, both with Sammy and my other Christian brothers and being more reliant, not of myself, but of my faith. Um, I found that when I tried to do things in my own strength that I'd probably fall over a lot more. So yeah. it doesn't mean that you rest on your laurels and, and have blind faith, but you are realistic in terms so of what you're capable of. Yeah. You know? So that was a huge change and shift in me and probably then allowed me to have a fantastic 2017 when I started to lean more on my faith yeah. and, uh, in, in those in those moments when you're having to present in front of the board, um, you know, having to provide um, uh, the regulator with, um, you know, uh, recorded events of serious incidents and what you're doing about it and not necessarily taking the responsibility of the airline on your shoulders but actually just representing the airline. Yeah. There's a difference. Um, and so early on I found it difficult to separate the two that I felt was all on my shots when actually it wasn't. Yeah. So um, Yeah, that's, that's probably a good <laughs> a good mindset to be able to get into and rather yeah, than thinking, it well, is. Yeah, you the know, buck stops with you, but at the same time nice. it's you're you're in charge of everyone, not necessarily responsible for their actions. Yeah, I'm not responsible to, for their actions, you you've know. You've got to determine what's going on. But I guess with the standard and the high standard that I set that um, that was a good outcome for the airline, you know, it, um, I set a level of expectation that was unwavering and I expected that yeah. and, um, and the airline went through an enormous cultural shift in terms of how people perceive safety to being one that, um, uh, actually a good example of some of the um, good things that we did, um, so there was a confidential reporting system that had been around the airline for a long time, yeah. be lucky to get four reports a year. By the end, I was getting... Oh, just getting probably ten a week. That's, uh, that's yeah. significant. So, and when people, when you think of big, what a conf- big growth, yeah, I mean, confidential reporting systems aren't just for reporting safety events; they're for reporting people that are going through shit. Yeah. And what we found is that we created an environment where people felt that they could come and open up about what's going on in their life. That's incredibly walk, important. Yeah. Well, you walk past. I mean, the amount of people you walk past in life. And we have no idea the shit that's going on in their lives. 100%. It's on a facade. Yeah. And we all do it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it was really nice to have created an environment where there was such a cultural shift to people becoming more open and dealing with their issues. Yeah. Um, well, I guess in, in an environment like that where you kind of look at machines all day, it's yeah, really easy to look at people is. as Well, it's black and white machines, as an engineer. Yeah. It's, you know, you forget that you're dealing with the most un-black and white component of, of anything, and that is the human people, being. People, yeah. So... 
Um, so that was something I really enjoyed, you know, yeah. seeing you know, back to the very first point we raised around what gets you up, its yeah. impact, you know, and yeah. if I can have that impact on on someone that um, may not have had that idea about themselves when they got up in the morning but went home a happier person, then I've done my job. That's the dream. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about your faith. Is that something you've had growing up and no. or is it something that's come recently? No, actually, I was just uh, invited to... Um, uh, to talk at a, a, a you heard of Alpha? I haven't. So Alpha is um, uh, it's a a way for non Christians to um, seek the questions about the faith. So some of the big important questions that people ask in life. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to attend one of those back in two thousand and nine. So my wife um, grew up in a Christian family. Yep. I didn't. Um, but I had anything and everything that, you know, a young bloke would want, um, loving family, um, you know, uh, my parents are still together. Um, I had a, a terrific upbringing, great holidays, great school, yep. you know, it was only public school, but I had a great time, yep. great friends, still have them all. Um, but you know, when I was chasing my career, I really started to question what was it all about? Cause I was achieving. Yeah. And so I was getting there. And then it wasn't enough. And I was getting there and then it wasn't enough. And I was getting there and it wasn't enough. And so um, what was interesting, though, that when I started my faith walk, it was um, at a time in my life where I did have everything. So there was, you know, people who come to faith, you know, come from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. You know, there are yeah. those that are in the deep, dark um, depths of sorrow through, you know, some significant uh, life events. And yep. then there's... People like me who were in a pretty good place, um, you know, had my career, had my wife, had my first child, was having my second at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, one of one of the the, the biggest issues for um, having faith is prosperity. You know, because you don't need anything. Yeah. You're doing really well. Um, or so I thought anyway. Yeah. Um, and so um, I just kept searching and asking questions and. And finally came to the conclusion that um, that what they say about Jesus Christ was true and um, and that was a really important transition for me in terms of how I valued things, how I prioritised things. Yep. Um, it didn't mean that I didn't strive. I just put things into perspective. And I think that was a really important change through coming, faith, yep. coming to faith was that if I didn't achieve, it wasn't the be-all, end-all. Whereas before I would yeah, have put the, everything, yeah. yeah. So even going through that phase more recently in 2016, where it was, um, um, you know, I was going through um, some challenging moments in terms of succeeding, and yep. it doesn't mean that just because you become a Christian that life becomes easier. Far from it. Um, yeah. Well, it gives you an outlet to. We used to become more aware, just, yeah, you know? discuss and be aware of things, and it's a growth thing. So. Yep. I, um, you know, I'm just continually growing in my faith walk, I guess, and um, and through every event, as with most things, you just gain more strength for the next. Yeah. So, um, and I, that's where I, I guess what having a faith is all about is that it just builds resolve over the years. And um, while it came light late in in my Christian walk, um, yeah, um, it's certainly I'm a totally different person to what I was before and yeah. my wife can attest to that 
Well, so. I like I like this version. I didn't know the other version, yeah. but I'm a big fan. Oh, it's nice. And it's something it. it's something that's really like it really interests me because I'm someone that's come from like I've never yeah. been someone of faith. Yeah. Um, but I've really enjoyed talking to people like you and Tommy. Yeah. And, and Sammy to see what you get out of it because I think it's it was always for me it was very black or white it's just like oh no that's crazy this is what I think it is. but <clears throat> I guess as I mature a little bit and start to look at spirituality on a different level yeah. like I'm still it's hard very hard for me to be convinced of certain things yeah but my that's because you're intelligent yeah well yeah and you ask a lot of questions <laughs> I do like asking questions but it's my understanding of the importance of spirituality yeah and mindfulness and things like that and if you and to me now like if you asked me three or four years ago I would have argued until I was blue in the face but to now it doesn't really matter which side you come from yeah because there's so there's too many similarities in the middle with it where it's just wanting to be a good person wanting to help other people wanting to create a better world for people to live in yeah what what you decide I guess that comes from doesn't really matter to me anymore and I think that's something where a lot of the people that are like heavily anti-religious yeah. miss, um, and, have, yeah, and on the other side as well. Yeah. So it's an interesting point you make around yeah. you know. Um, for me, it's I'm not. Uh, I agree with you actually in terms of the you know. In the end, you can see that you know a lot of people are working towards the same yeah. outcome. Yeah. And I'm challenged by those who say that there is absolutely nothing because. Mm. Um, we can't know. That's well, a, that's, that's the thing. thing. And I think that you know when you're so fixated on on the nothing, you know, you start asking a lot of questions. Well, well then what's the point? Yeah. Um, um, you know, and you, it, it, to me, there, there there is always a belief. Mm. Whether you believe something else yeah. in the end, um, I think that contributing to um, improving humanity in whatever that looks like is probably the most important thing. Yeah, I think Sammy said it maybe right in the middle of our podcast. Yeah. He goes, "We well, like." think the same way like we have yeah, the same kind yeah, of absolutely we have the same drives and values and things like that our beliefs are just different and what's um what's interesting and i can actually now put this podcast back on you <laughs> is i've i've been really encouraged by um how quickly i've developed a relationship with you like you're um you're a you're a different person lucky you know, you've got a, a real approachability. I'll take that about, as a compliment. Absolutely. And it is. Yeah. Um, you've got a real approachability around you, about you. Um, you're very mature for, you, for your age. You'd be... No, I'm 10, 26, basically downhill from here. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, um, if there are a lot of 26-year-olds with the, you know, the, the um, level of maturity that you have on your shoulders, mate, the world would be a much happier place. I appreciate that. So um, uh, I've really... A real, in a very short period of time growing to like you a lot mate so I, this Good. is a great opportunity I appreciate that talk definitely definitely and I think that just comes from like you're not like I've had those conversations yeah. with a few people it comes from wanting to know yeah. and I know and I know that I'll never know everything but, but it you're comes, a seeker yeah I'll, I can see it in, in the way you write yeah. your um, your blogs yeah um, you know you're a real deep thinker and, mm. you know, there's a famous saying you know the world doesn't need any more gifted people or intelligent people it needs deep thinkers you know, yeah, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll keep exploring it. That's yeah, kind of the, the fun and exciting thing. Yeah. I just need to chill out every now and again and <laughs> stop thinking that well, deeply. That's what drives you too. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And like <clears throat> that blog I did write the other day about yeah. people being high capacity. You've already yeah. obviously someone who's had that high capacity flowing for a long period of time. Yeah. How have you gone 
translating that from, I guess, aviation to mm. now management at Common Folk? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I feel like I've been, been institutionalised as well. <laughs> um, you know, it's probably a, a better way of saying it. Um, and that is that I've been taught a certain way. You know, I've been structured how I, you know, and living this far away too yeah. from my place of work, you know, in aviation has been challenging. It's all systems and processes, right? Yeah, Just it tick, is. ticking boxes. It is. And, um, and now, you know, coming into... Um, a dynamic environment. I mean, look, aviation is very dynamic. I mean, it changes the drop of the hat yep. um, in terms of what can happen at any given time, which is probably why my last role was was um, both uh, enjoyable and stressful yeah. at the same time. Um, that's, but, the, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ticking both boxes. Yeah. But, um, but certainly coming into this role has created um, a number, not just opportunities for us as for common folk, um, you know, being able to, I've always been a firm believer, as I said, in, in our giftings. Yep. And um, freeing Sam up to utilise his gift to his full capacity, mm. um, yeah. that's um, that's where we can really start to see things happen in this business. And already we've seen um, what can happen when, you know, we're able to do that, but also utilise, you know, my giftings in terms of how we can build... Um, you know, a lot of process and structure around how we manage the business. It's really yep. important, especially with the size and scope that it is today. Yep. Um, but also um, not coming into a business pretending you know it all. And I don't. And Good. I, you know, coming into a business and actually listening to people and saying, right, well, this is what I would do, but would that work in this environment? Yeah. Well, Hoax, yes, it would or no, it won't because yep. this, this is what will happen. It'll be process for the sake of process. Yep. Okay, well, we won't do that. Mm. So um, we've been able to do that quite well, you know, even after five or six weeks, which has been... Is that all it's been? Yeah, six weeks. <laughs> That's it's insane. Been crazy. I know. Just like so been around forever. <laughs> um, but probably the greatest, um, the greatest gain I've got is actually being home with yep. my family. You know, I've got four kids now. A very patient wife that's um, <laughs> been unbelievably supportive over the past 18 years. She's a bad influence. Yeah, she is. A, yeah, she is actually. She is a bad influence. She showed a side of me the other day. I didn't know I was there. <laughs> I knew it was there. Um, so, and you know, I think you did a blog on, um, uh, I forget what the title was, but you had quadrant settings in terms of where you place um, certain priorities yep. at different stages of your life. And I yep. guess I'm at a stage where or even daily, um, I guess I'm at a stage where um, it's a season mm. and right now my season is to help support Sarah and raise that family but I'm also Maybe. responsible for you know getting common folk to where we need to get it yep. but I get to enjoy that ride with Sammy as well. So Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool to hear the way you talk about it because it's, it's, it's incredibly selfless because your first thing you said was freeing Sammy up to do his yeah. what he's good at even yeah. though that is inherently what you're good yeah. at is yeah. to be able to identify which person's good where and yeah. and then allow them to execute their their thing. Well, we've all got a place in the world, yeah. you know, and and I guess uh, one of the things I've been able to do in past roles is find each of those gifts with the people that I have. Yeah, and if they don't exist, I get to find them, and um, everyone gets a level of responsibility and accountability. Yeah, in a structured way, you know. Um, and I know that that's, and I guess I adopt, I, I approach it like that because that's the way I'd like it. I would, would like someone to tell me, this is what's expected of me. And 
I know that because I'm gifted in these areas. You yep. know? So yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and then everyone wins, right? Because absolutely. the business gets the best of each yeah. individual, and then each absolutely. individual gets. Well, the people aren't floundering. They you know, they're not going. I think I've done what's expected of me. Yeah. Um, and by giving people that um, that structure in the form of um, role mandates that explicitly point to what their responsibilities under are, are under their PDs and yep. also depending on who it is they get a reward too when mm-hmm. they get to achieve that it's very structured it's yep. very clear what's expected of them might have to pick so, your brains on that yeah I'd love definitely, to definitely yeah, will. absolutely if you seem like the kind of person that would have a lot of principles for a lot of the things you do if you were if you're building a team from scratch or mm-hmm. if you were building an elite team what mm-hmm. would be the things you look for well first of all you got to define your strategy Mm-hmm. So what a lot of businesses fail at is that they build the structure first yeah. before really understanding what it is they're seeking. Um, so one of the things that um, I've always focused on is where we're heading. So what is it that we need to deliver on? Yeah. Um, uh, which I can, as you can imagine, aviation is pretty important. <laughs> yeah. uh, and from there, you define what actions need to happen in the form of responsibilities and process yeah. to drive that. And then you need to find out what you need in terms of personnel, human capital to drive that. So those three things and okay. in that order. So, um, and I've been a part of a number of organisations that haven't, they've kind of reversed it. So yep. they've, oh, I've got him, I've got her, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'll get you to do this and you do that rather than, okay, well, what is it that we're actually seeking to do? Yeah. Well, that's, that's been our kind of transition and switch over the last yeah. six, 12 months. Yeah. At the start, it was just... Well, who do we need? And then kind of started working on the vision early last yep. year. And then yep. obviously the vision is something that was always there, but we it yep. was never really properly thought through. Yeah. And now we're at the stage where the vision's kind of it's never it'll never be set in stone, it'll always it'll always be fluid, but the strategy behind it needs is, to be. Yeah, the yep. strategy's always gonna be working towards that yep. vision. And Fantastic. and then if we start ticking those off, then the goals will start to open up, and we'll be able to figure out okay, what resources yeah. do we need for each of those goals to to occur, and then it's just a matter of everyone executing on their role. And well, you've got a really strong brand. I mean, clearly you're um, you're the driver behind that. There's no question, and you mm-hmm. can see that um, uh, in the way that you teach, the level of knowledge. I've been really um, impressed, actually. I made most of it up. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. At least it sounded good. Well, I believed it anyway, and it fixed me. Yeah, so good. Oh, well, there you go. You know what you're doing. Mate, occasionally, uh, occasionally that blind, blind throw hits the, hits the bullseye. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so, um, no, mate, I've been, uh, I've been really impressed with how far. How long's the business now? Uh, we've been in that space. So we've really opened, really started there t- October 2015, yeah. so two and, a, oh, wow. two and a half years. So Jeez, it's still pretty come, fresh. You've come a long way, though. Yeah, it's really been a, it's, yeah, it was kind of a, the last 12 months has just been leaps and bounds. So yeah. I'm, I'm simultaneously mindful of my need and desire for growth, yeah. but also mindful of my need for, or our need as a team to kind of, yeah settle and allow it to so you want to solidify that foundation before you do springboard I do want to do both at the same time yeah. which you can't really do so well you can but yeah. you've got to do it you've got to do it um, uh, it'll be in sections it'll be yeah. it'll be uh, like right now it's all about locking in what the vision is and the strategy and what it yeah. looks like and, and, and moving towards it um, and then yeah in 2018 will be a big year for yeah. um, growth and then 2019 it will be a big year for growth outwards 
fantastic. So new, maybe new, probably giving you a bit of wine. Um, no, no, it's I, to be honest, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I I know I like our vision is really really simple. It's just to make yeah. the world a better place, which yeah. like like your impact thing, right? It's, yeah, it sounds absolutely. cliche and stuff, but it's not. But it's like true. It's, yeah. So help. I mean, in the end, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. So we want to make the world a better place. We want to help people change their behaviour. Yeah. Um, we want to help people be happier and healthier and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And and if we can have more people that, that believe in the things that we believe now, mm. more coaches and things like that, and then more mm. of the community, then that's going to happen. So mm. whether that's that one and another one, whether it's one big one, whether it's whatever. Um, don't know. But the next three, I'm trying to sort out our kind of strategy and, and vision for the next three to five years at the moment, which yeah. is not something that, it's hard. It's hard to think about. I read, I read that you had a is it a business coach or a life coach? Yeah. So I've got oh, I've got a bunch of mentors yeah. that are just incredible people that help me, like inspire me to do what I'm doing every day. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I do have a bunch of a bunch of guys who are business coaches and they help. Yeah, daily. I've got a meeting with them later on today, which will be good. That's awesome. Um, had a meeting with one of very good friend and mentor on Saturday, who's kind of just keep my butt into gear and. Just yeah. helps with clarity more than anything. Yeah. Talking to those guys that have well, done that's it actually before. it's interesting you say that. It's probably uh, and you've learned that a lot earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. But um, surrounding yourself with the right counsel is absolutely yeah. yeah I got I don't know. I, I must have just gotten really lucky in realizing that yeah. a couple of years ago and just being yeah. like the people. I want to surround myself with people that have done it and who have ticked the boxes and have achieved the things yeah. I want to achieve. But at the same time. I also want to achieve, want to surround myself with the people that are young and driven and kind of like yeah. me that want to do that as well. Because yeah. it's like, you know, I, I know some of the guys I, I have looked up to in the past, their focus is, well, if you haven't done it before, I don't want to talk to you. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I think you're kind of yeah. missing, missing a yeah, big absolutely. chunk of, I get just as much inspiration from my staff as mm. I do from the people that I look up to. Yeah. Um, it's just different. It's they're packaged living, differently. They're living and breathing. It, 100%. Know? So that's yeah. good, man. And they're making the world a better place one yeah. person at a time. Absolutely. And that's all That's all it is. Yeah. So, Fantastic, man. yeah, good question. Where where it goes, I don't know. But um, I'll be picking your brain a lot over the next forever. I would be forever. more than happy to, to be a sounding board for <laughs> good. you. Good. I love what you're doing, mate. I appreciate so, it. If I can help you with anything, I will. Good. All right. Talk to me about footy. You've, you skipped it. You footy, skipped the whole thing, mate. Footy, footy, footy. Well, um, I love my footy. Good. I I still love it. Um, diehard Melbourne fan. Yeah. Um, don't uh, don't read into that too much. <laughs> um, although they did look very promising last weekend. Uh, this weekend against uh, North Melbourne. Don't worry about any footy that's played before <laughs> like June. I know, um, <laughs> but Melbourne supporters can't help but get excited this time of year because it Fair. all ends poorly. Um, but uh, I love my football. Mm. Um, wish I'd probably... I was a bit immature with the football. Yeah. Didn't play football as a young man. Sorry, young... Um, when I say young man, I played football as a young man, but I didn't play football as a teenager at all. Yeah. I uh, played one year of under-18s. That was my first year of football. Crazy. Uh, I used to play basketball before then. And then from there, yeah, my first season of um, senior football was when I was... Uh, or when I was 18, the last two games of my under-18s. Um, year um, played seniors and then didn't stop from there and um, I guess I was one of those athletic types that needed to be uh, educated on the skills of football and yep. the, the game plan well, if you start when you're 18 you're going to miss a, a few yeah, of the development you do, stages you but do and I guess I probably 
uh, I, I would probably be more useful now than if I was starting out because that's the way they yeah. a lot of AFL clubs tend to go now they they kind of get the athlete train the rest um, yeah. but um, yeah I was kind of just starting out and um, yeah had a, a great opportunity with, with St Kilda in, um, uh, in 2001 yep um, so how long was that after your first so games? So 97 yep. was my first game. Yep. So 2000, so it's had four years. So I played yeah, three years of senior football. And then um, actually one of those years I had off because it was when, um, I think it was when I started at Qantas. Yep. Um, and yeah, and, uh, what happened was I was told about what was going on and that uh, I was going to play for St Kilda Reserves the next week. Yep. And then I had to play. What happened was I had a, um, a scout come down, uh, so having a great, uh, a great season, and just totally balls it up. <laughs> just I'd have thought it. As I so you knew the scout was coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's even worse. Yeah. Just want to play for I don't know why. I kind of think back on that. And I thought I don't know why I was even told that. But yeah. You know, look, that's the way. That, you know, I'm also a fair believer in you know sliding doors. You know, one door shuts, another one opens, and yeah. As a result of that, I became more focused on my career. You know, and through that, um, a lot of things changed. You know, um, the the journeys I've had overseas, the kids I've um, been able to raise, all those things. You just never know how life would have gone had uh, things developed differently. But um, I loved my football. And I do reflect on that and wish I'd probably pursued that a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I was a bit immature and might have thrown my hands in the air when, when it didn't go my way. Um, but again, I was only. Then you just moved that focus to old. achieve at other things anyway. So yeah, I did. Um, so, but I was a bit immature then as well, and playing football. So yeah, um, and did things, and um, <laughs> probably I look back on that were good fun. But at the yeah. time, we probably would do them again. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, that's, <laughs> so, that's but I love my football. Yeah, still awesome. do. Yeah, good. Yeah, I heard you fairly handy. What about you? Tell me about your football group. Mate, I'm washed. Do you ask these questions? I'm washed, yeah, mate. <laughs> I told you, it's a conversation. I saw you can your, ask whatever you your want. post on Nankervis, so obviously. Oh, mate, he's a king. Yeah. Um, I, my footy career has kind of been like, I... You a, played for Collingwood, didn't you? Yeah, for a big period of yeah. my growing up, I yeah. guess I identified myself as a footballer first. Yeah. That was, um, that was, yeah, that was it. Footy was everything. Mm. Um school and things like that would take a little bit more of a backseat because of footy Um, did the normal kind of way through played stingrays and then got dropped from stingrays and played seniors um, my first under 18 year played a year of seniors and we got I think we got beaten in a prelim maybe Um, which ended up being a really good thing because it was a catalyst for a bunch of flags at YCW which has been nice um, went to Stingrays the year after did a couple of years of Stingrays yep. um, wasn't good enough to get drafted which I wouldn't have been able to admit back then but I can admit now yeah um, just wasn't good enough and why do you think that why do you think you weren't good enough uh, if I was good enough I would have got picked up yeah or if I was good enough I would have got picked up in the would subs- you have done anything years. differently or do you think uh, it just was what it was it's a, yeah it is what it is I, it's yeah. a really hard question to answer would I have done anything differently? If I knew what I knew now, yes. Yeah. But my the time. But my drive now is nowhere near what it used to be with yeah. football. So, yeah. um, which is a hard thing to swallow some days because I miss that. Yeah. I guess being at that level. So, was there all planned to go to Frankston Dolphins and play a couple of years there yeah. and 
<clears throat> one of my favorite players growing up, Tarkin Lockyer, was the coach at VFL. Oh, really? Cool. Then, yeah, yeah. And I got a call from him one day, and I'm like, someone's taking the piss out of me here. Um, call from him, he's like, do you want to come down to preseason next week? I was like, oh, shit, yeah. So I went down there and didn't miss a session all preseason. And so you were solid. Got a gig on the list and played every game that year except for the first one um, at VFL Pies. And... Um, and yeah, kind of just fell in love with the place, and like a lifelong Collingwood supporter. So it was. Are you it really? It's like a yeah. dream come true. Mate, it genuinely was. It was. Um, it was a. It was a crazy year. Um, I was. I was at uni and. Yeah. Being a PT and doing all yeah. that stuff, but footy was footy was everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, played another 60, 50 of sixty games over yeah. the. Over the next six years, um, being in that environment. Jeez, is, you must have been young. Yeah, I was nineteen when I started. Yeah. I think. Um, 19 when I started and yeah. as Virtus started it was they worked together and yeah. um, taking on the business by myself two maybe 18 months ago yeah. um, obviously time wise there's only a certain amount of yeah. time like I'm never one to say I don't have enough time but it's it was hard to balance those two yeah. managed a year of it um, had a crack at last year and it just didn't didn't work so pulled the pin um, and now I'll just go back to back to YC and Keep, so you're going to play? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I um, I've been a bit slack over yeah. the last six months because of I've got going away for six weeks yeah. and work's been super busy and yeah. footy's taken a bit of a backseat. But I'm very, um, my intention is when I get back to kind of dive back in and. You sound like you've got good. You've got good balance. Uh, in your life. That's an in, <laughs> that's an interesting assumption because a lot of people would say that I don't have really? good balance. Um, I probably well, you, do. I I I have balance for what I want to be doing. I, um, well, on the outside, I mean, I'm, I'm by no means presuming that I know what goes on in your in the inner circle, but yeah. um, on the outside, it looks like you balance it well. Like you manage your business well. You don't look stressed, so you either got a very good poker face <laughs> or you're. Uh, I um, I'm very good at just letting like letting things happen. Like I'm yeah. very action driven and outcome driven, things like that. Yeah. But knowing that that action is determined by the little inputs day in yeah. day out, it's not. I don't have to. And I'll have days where I just like today's a fourteen hour day, but yeah. that's that's becoming normal. Um, yeah. Much to the dismay of my partner KP, so I need to take some of your advice and just. <laughs> and I'm trying, and I, like I'm trying to split it up and get better at it. And it, but it's a juggling act, and it's a learning experience, right? Like so, it's a time and a place. Everything, yeah. everything has a season, mm. Lockie. Um, yeah, seasons is good. Um, and you know, sometimes your season to get to to get what. To get it to get where you need to be yep. um, requires a certain level of effort, yep. and then there will be another season where you yep. need to focus in on something else. Yeah, and I, like I was in that footy season for a long yep. period of time, and um, I was lucky enough while I was at Collingwood to play in four of the YCW mm. flags. So mm. it was always nice coming back to the boys and yeah, and ticking a few of those boxes. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and now the seasons work, and it's yeah. um, it's growing the brand and growing the team, fantastic, and, and all that kind of stuff, which is. A challenge within itself, but I um, I'm looking forward to. It's hard to get like take the nights off work and actually make myself go to football, but when I'm there, I love it. So it's so you're really close, to, or are you at the stage where you've got that team you can walk away and leave? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope guess, so because I guess going away. Yeah. Well, like to, taking six yeah, weeks holiday. Oh, it was wow. actually like it, yeah. it's a holiday, but I'll be doing a lot of I guess uh, vision and strategy work while I'm over there and figuring out Fantastic. where we're going. Um, 
over the next place. five or so South years. America to do that, mate. It's the worst parts of the world. So yeah, it was funny. It was actually a podcast that made me pull the trigger on it. Really, I was listening to a podcast with a couple of the guys who started Intrepid Travel. Yeah, and one of the things they said was they set themselves a. They were figuring out, well, oh, shit, we love traveling. Yeah. We've got to make sure we don't go away too yeah. much. They realized early on that if they went away for more than three, or for th- minimum three months a year, yeah. they'd put people in positions yeah. to like allow their vision to keep yeah. growing. So I heard that, and I think the f- I think I listened to it on a Monday, and on the Friday I booked the trip. So Fantastic. It was, uh, I booked it in October. So I booked it just after I just had my shoulder to play footy, <laughs> uh, which ended up, ended up being a quick injury, which was nice, but... Yeah, booked that and um, yeah, it's been an incredible growth period for for Virtus over the last six months yeah. in terms of the team and their ability to. I'm not worried at all. I'm so actually really, set up, really excited to to see everyone. Awesome. Yeah, well, um, I'll just have to leave you in charge while I'm away. Ah. I guess. <laughs> but that's enough about me. This is your podcast. No, it's silly. All right, I've got a bunch of questions for you. Okay, go for and it. I just want. First thing that comes in your head or okay. first answer, and you may have been thrown under the bus a little bit okay. on a few of these. Talk to me about Benjamin Button. That is a false statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is uh, a, what was it? It was a moment that I would like to go back <laughs> and change um, and did not represent um, my level of intelligence. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. No. We're going deeper. Talk, <laughs> oh, talk me through it. Elaborate. I'm not going to go there. You have oh, to, mate. You have to. Okay. Um, so sitting in the car, um, <laughs> something happened in regards to a comment being made about... Um, uh, actually, I don't even remember. It was something to do... It was, it was obviously about Benjamin Button. Yeah. And I said... Um, I can't believe that that happens to some people, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and there was followed by silence, and I, I realised what I said, yeah. and I tried to cover it up. Yeah, but someone like Sam Keck, no, he won't forget that. Bang onto it. He said, No, no, whoa, 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 hang on. What did you just say? <laughs> I said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and obviously, um, I, well, one of the positive things is it doesn't happen often in terms of me saying something that is. Mate, uh, well, when it does, we'll, uh, we'll a, enjoy it even a lower IQ, uh, IQ level. But, um, <laughs> that's uh, certainly painted the wrong picture. Put it that way. That's outstanding. That's very, very good. <laughs> Next question: Have yeah. you ever had your photo in the paper? Uh, yes, I have. Talk me through a big moment. A couple of photos in the paper. Yeah, good. Head um, um, No, but I've been one. I'm to ask you about one. So one, one was in 1998 when yep. I played in a senior grand final. Um, when I, so I was 19. Um, playing, for playing for Mount Eliza. Playing for Mount Eliza. Oh, so they have won some. That's they good. Have, they have. That's good. I was worried. I was lucky to have won two of their three. Good. Which is good. Um, but uh, that one in particular was taken by the leader newspaper with me taking a mark. And my balls at the side of my shorts. <laughs> yeah, um, good. <laughs> which, uh, well, was funny it, enough, was it, it actually wall, never made it. Alpha, it never made it to the paper. Okay. It was printed, and then obviously they realised realize what it was. And uh, but no, you got some copies. Sure. Uh, I have a photo of it. Okay, good. That will never see the light of day. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right, I might have to yeah, enlist, have to enlist some help. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> All right, now some actual real questions. Okay. Have you had a defining moment? A defining moment. Um, 
defining moment. The day that I realised that I was going to marry Sarah. Awesome. Uh, it was in 2003 um, and I was looking at her a certain way and I know this sounds very corny. No, and, man, um, and I realised that I was going to marry that woman. Awesome. And then, yeah, 12 months after that I proposed to her and been married Good. since 2005. Outstanding. Yeah. And you're batting. Hey, and I'm batting, batting way yeah. above our yeah. average. We all know that. <laughs> we all know that. Good, good, good. What's your favourite fun fact? Fun fact. What's my favourite fun fact? Um, what's my favourite fun fact? That's a, an interesting question without notice. Yeah. Um, fun fact, fun fact, fun fact. Come on. Go coffee. You got Second biggest commodity in the world. Yeah, see, we I had this discussion with Tommy T the other day. Yeah. So by volume, by the way. But vo- yeah, so it's volume. So the tea is consumed more highly than coffee. It is. So then, how is coffee the mo- the biggest commodity? Is it by because volume. you need more coffee Correct. for each yeah. cup than you need for tea? Yeah. So, so that was the conclusion volume. I came to. Yeah, it's a volume driver. This one. How, it's how many tea plants are there? Oh, lots. Don't know. Give me one. One. One type. So the, pro- yep. so the process. Yep. There so you the go. Process, Mate, that's an elite fun fact. So the process behind tea is where it changes. Ah. So how it's dried, how it's processed, um, what they add to it will define the type of tea that you drink. But it all comes from the one tea plant. That's one busy plant. <laughs> that's good. I like that. That's yeah. actually really cool. Awesome. What advice would you give 15-year-old Ben Hogan? Um... There's a great quote. I love quotes, mate. I um, love them a lot. Francis Chan is his name. Um, fantastic pastor. Um, he has a quote that the greatest fear in life shouldn't be that of failure, but of succeeding at life at things that do not matter. <sighs> so knowing that as a young man... That's really heavy. Um, I probably... Yeah. Not that I would have changed anything, but yeah. I probably would have... If I'd had that at the back of my mind, it may have changed the direction on some things. Yeah. Cool. I like that one. Yeah. I like that a lot. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Canada. Why? Um, there's something serene, something so peaceful about it that I would... It's funny, as I get a little bit older, they're the things that you kind of look for is serenity and yep. um, solitude and being... I'd love to do that trip with Sarah. I've been to a lot of places. Um, I've been so privileged in aviation to have... Travelled to Europe and the States and yep. picked up aircraft and flown them home <laughs> empty and dropped, you know, um, you know, overnighted in countries I'd never been to um, and, you know, just get back on board and fly at home. You That's know, cool. it's been fantastic, but the one place I haven't been is, um, is Canada. Is it, on, is it uh, planned at any point? Well, I don't know. I'd like to probably take the kids, but it's probably one of those trips that I want to do with just Sarah, so... Yep. That won't be for some time. Just get know. Sammy to look after Just the kids. Get Sammy. Well, he keeps offering to look after. <laughs> maybe he's getting a complex. Maybe that, that weird uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> if you could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? If I could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? Um, love and not a fire. Good. Do you have a morning routine? Well, I did have a morning routine, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been 
um, turned upside down since the convo. Yep. Um, now I uh, I do the things I wish I had time to do. Um, so I guess it's one of those things that you know when I decided to leave um, aviation, I said that you know I had to probably honour that in terms of what I said I would do. And so yep. get up in the morning, um, read uh, a couple of chapters of the Bible, which I love, um, which was something I wasn't able to do before. Yep. Um, so before I was 5, 5.30, go, go, the go. car, yep. there, home by 7.30, eat dinner, go to bed. Um, and that had a big kind of effect on um, the way I looked after myself too. Yeah. So now that I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, I take I'm taking great enjoyment in the time that I have um, looking after myself and actually good. being with the family. So perfect. Yeah, good. I'm oh. interested. I'm really interested to hear your answer on this one because you, yeah. it's a word that's you've come up a couple of times, both con- positive and negative connotations. What is success to you? What is success? Yeah. Uh, success is for me um, uh, probably the one thing that. I started with and that is you know having an influence and impact on at least one person in my lifetime yeah you know um, if I can contribute to changing the course um, the directional course of anyone's life to a positive then I've done my job perfect so and like that's that. what I get great enjoyment in doing I like it if you could invite three people to dinner dead or alive who would they be Michael and why yeah um, Chris Cornell mm-hmm and who else? Who else? William Wilberforce. You're going to have to elaborate on the William, last one. William Wilberforce abolished the slave trade. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, he was um, a remarkable human being at a time when uh, he would have bucked uh, the trend in so many ways and yeah. been an outcast he stood for something and I'd like to quiz him on how he felt during that time Yeah, um, to be able to make a stand for something when the world tells you something different um, I'm really inspired by that so, good well as you said before you're not someone that sticks with the status quo no not at all and I was that actually that to me you know when I when you those type of things inspire me you know when people um, I think I read a post um, yesterday it was the death of Sophie, Sophie, oh, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie's last name. She was a 21-year-old that was executed by Hitler in uh, 1943. Yeah. Um, she started a student revolution um, against Hitler and she was executed. And one of her last uh-huh. statements was, um, how can we, um, how can so many of us stand silent at a time when we all need to be, um, you know, giants in terms of our voice? That's and then she was killed that day after making that quote. Far out. Yeah, it's pretty impacting. It's pretty. But that's what happens. I mean, if you're willing to give up your life for for the greater good, something's bigger than you. Yeah. Um, you know, that's um, that's why I'd love to have you more in Wilberforce. Good. That'd be good. I like it. All right, yeah. last one. A couple of favourites to finish off. Okay, go. Favorite movie. Top Gun. Favorite book. Uh, me Christianity. Good. I, I meant I meant to ask you before actually. Is Top Gun the reason why you want to be a fighter pilot? <laughs> it's not that shallow, <laughs> but it might be up. It's probably probably it probably. Part it was eighty five. So how was I? Eighty five. That was six. Uh, look, it's pretty cool. You know, <laughs> I, it was. 
Um, I put a little um, asterisk next to it and I didn't yeah, put it no, that's pretty cool. Uh, there may have been a little bit to do with that, but it's certainly, um, you know, when I think about a career that involved flying very fast pieces of technology, yep. that was a buzz. Good. Favourite coffee you had at your last cupping? Ah, uh, buddy, Sammy's put you up to this. No, um, this is one of my regular questions. Favourite coffee <laughs> was the new process decaf um, wow. that he had. Um, I had it as my number one. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> it was terrible. I, I must admit, I've had decaf before and it's horrendous. And this so was a good it was, one. It was fantastic. It's a new process they got that they oh, go. to remove the caffeine from the coffee. So. Don't know if I'm okay with that, but that could be a good one for like coffee eight and nine for the day. Yeah, there you go. The 11am coffee. Um, favourite dad joke? Uh, favourite dad joke? Mm. Uh, what's white and blue and jump stances? What's that? A fridge with a denim jacket on. <laughs> good. So stupid and ridiculous. I love those jokes. They're the best oh. ones, mate. All right, last one. Favourite quote? Uh, I said it. Can't be something you've used already. Really? Yeah. Think of another one. Uh, C.S. Lewis. Um, greatest disappointment in life is your expectation of others. Good. Mate, on that note, thank you very much. It's Thanks, been an Lucky. absolute pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Thanks so much, mate. I've, uh, it's like been talking with an old mate for years. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I can't believe it's only been like six weeks. It's insane. How long was that? 